Welcome to Don't Eat Your Young, a nursing podcast with your host, Beth Quas. Before we get started, we have a few quick notes. Don't Eat Your Young is a listener-supported podcast. To learn more about becoming a member and the perks available to you for becoming a patron yourself, visit patreon.com slash don't eat your young. You can learn more about the show, share your story to join Beth as a guest, or connect with our wonderful community in our Facebook group. You can find all those links and more at don'teatyouryoung.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome to Don't Eat Your Young. I'm your host, Beth Quas. Today we have Susan Faris with us. She's been a nurse since late in the 1970s, as she's worn many hats, including serving in the military. Uh, she's taught continuing education to nurses. She's been on Joint Commission Document Review and worked as a consultant for them as well, and also a legal nurse consultant. Today, she's focusing on helping nurses find their way through writing and creative work, and she's written a book with her second edition coming out of Poetic Expressions in Nursing. It's a wonderful book, and it really is inspiring. So please welcome Susan to the show. Thank you, Beth. It's always nice to talk to a nurse podcaster. It's the best. So thanks for having me. <laughs> yes. Well, and you've been on a few because you are out there moving and shaking with what you're doing. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where should I start? I mean, well, you've been a nurse so for many. a long time. <laughs> I have been a nurse for a long time. I've had many lives too. Um, I started my nursing career in on the East Coast. Uh, went to school in Pennsylvania at Widener University and got my BSN there in the late 1970s. So I'm dating myself here. And I immediately joined the military as a nurse. Uh, spent three years in the Navy in general medicine and cardiothoracic step down in the San Diego area, which is where I am now, back full circle, and then transferred to the Army Nurse Corps for about nine and a half years uh, and worked in a variety of areas, um, trying to think here. Oh, yeah, surgical intensive care, recovery room, ER, nursing education, orthopedic surgery. Um, and then I went and got my master's uh, in 86 at Seton Hall University, and studied the um, adult nurse practitioner, clinical nurse specialist track of adult health, got the master's, and then uh, still was in the Army at the time. The Army had sent me for my master's. And then um, actually, let's see, outpatient surgery, oh, no, I'm sorry, outpatient clinic, nursing education and advanced care or ICU, a smaller ICU. So that was my military career that ended in 1990. And Upon 1990 in December, uh, as a present to myself, I went to a course on the Myers-Briggs, uh, the personality assessment, and I decided to take this course and become a consultant with that and start as a nurse entrepreneur with um, continuing education courses that I spoke um, all over the Florida area at the time. Uh, and I've done um, lots of nurse consulting, some legal nurse consulting, joint commission preparation, Lots of CE programs, um, NCLEX preparation. I don't know if I said that. Auditing, uh, medical bills, clinical research. You've you name it. it all. You've done <laughs> no, it just, all. No psych, no OB, no peds, basically. <laughs> so well, I think that's no a lot. You covered the no, span. Yeah, no OR either. So, uh, so you worked for the Joint Commission. We all make jokes about the Joint Commission. <laughs> you know, we all do in nursing. 
What can you tell us about the Joint Commission? Well, I actually didn't work for them. I worked as a consultant to, I remember it was a home health care agency, preparing them for documentation review from Joint Commission. Okay. So I analyzed, you know, their, their systems in documenting. And this was way back in the 90s when we didn't have electronic health records or anything like that. So it was all the handwritten stuff. Um, and so I gave them guidance. We did a needs assessment, uh, you know, and just kind of looked at their trends and what they can improve upon for a um, inspection and just for quality. That's important. Absolutely. Because we all know what it's like to go through those joint commission inspections. And I've been in nursing too for just about 30 years. It's a lot different than it used to be. But we all still get our hackles up when we hear joint commission is on the way. Uh, I think that they probably do some great work. But what do you think? Well, I think that if you're competent, you shouldn't have anything to worry about. Look at the standards, have a good teamwork, good communication, you know, good quality. Uh, be serious about your craft and you should be fine because they're, you know, I mean, I have not been through a uh, survey in a really long time myself. So, but that's my intuition of what it could be to do, to have a positive outcome and just definitely take care of yourselves for stress with self care, not to get too anxious about it and just feel confident in what your, your group or process is doing. Right. It's not, um, punitive, I think, like we all thought it used to be. I think the Joint Commission uh, folks that come in that I've met in the last few years have been very kind and accommodating, and they really are there to help. So we will continue to make fun of when they come in, but (laughs) I think they are there for a good reason. For a good reason, yeah. So Susan, tell us what you're doing now. What I'm doing now. Oh, I love what I'm doing now. I absolutely love it. I am the owner and president of SJF Communications, and that stands for Susan J. Faris, my initials. And I provide um, PR, marketing, websites, social media, some filmmaking. I mean, you name it. <laughs> I do it. I'm trying virtual assisting, event promotion, uh, some legal nurse consulting every once in a while. Uh, I'm an actor. Uh, I'm an author. Uh, and so like just, just a, not even an hour ago, I had a Zoom call with a author who wants to have me help open the door or possibly getting his books made into a television series. Um, I've worked with artists that want to get the word out about their artwork. Many authors about how to publicize their books because many authors don't think about publicity or promotion while they're writing their wonderful masterpiece, they kind of keep that to the side or they're into the process of writing or they're really uh, introverted in that process. And yet promotion is getting it out there. So I've helped a variety of clients um, from theaters, musicians, actors, filmmakers, artists, authors, and businesses, and most recently, nurses as well. So I'm also a coach. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. you were an entre- entrepreneur in nursing before it was as big as it is now. And now I think it's really growing. What would you tell nurses today that are looking at moving out of bedside care and into some kind of entrepreneurial direction? Number one is to be confident in you and what you've done in nursing and see how you can translate that into some kind of a business, um, whether it's healthcare related or not. My nursing license is always kept up since 1978. And although I don't work in clinical nursing, 
I treat my clients in publicity and you know promotions and PR as if they were my patients. I still assess, I plan, I implement, and I evaluate, and I reevaluate. I just constantly, you know, going through things in my mind to help them be the best that they can be in getting their word out, personalizing it. So, um, but if you want to be a nurse in business, do your homework, research what you're going to see that you'll be doing, see if there's any competitors, follow them, learn about the craft of starting a business, uh, go to your... Um, wherever you live and look online to see if you need a license or if you need to incorporate, you know, any of the paperwork, the, the stuff, think about a mission statement, think about how you're going to promote what you're going to be doing, um, cultivate your followers or your audience or your um, constituents, your clients, um, you know, with some social media and find somebody that might mentor you. <laughs> so, you know, there's so many elements to being in business and it's much more complicated than it was when I started. But somehow I started back in 1990, getting the word out. We hardly even had email back then. I mean, I don't know how we did it. Really? Yeah, absolutely. But I think another thing about if you're going into business is to have a passion for something. Have a passion. What are you so interested in? Or what, how do you want to make a change? How do you want to make a difference? You know, what, what lights your fire in nursing or in life? Um, if you have a creative art, that's always helpful too, to be able to, um, film whatever you're doing or, you know, journal about it or blog about it. Um, be open to change, adaptation and communication because it's always communication is always key. Whether you're a nurse on the, you know, in the bedside or out in the world doing whatever you're doing in nursing or in business. I hope that helps. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love that you aren't just working in nursing. Your business is really for anyone. So to those nurses that are thinking about moving into a different business, there's opportunities everywhere. Definitely. Now I could have gone the, more of an academic track. I got, you know, my master's and I could have gone on for doctorate, but my spirit, my personality and all lends itself to business and being entrepreneurial and creative. So feel comfortable with your gifts, whoever you are. One of the things I say about me is I'm an apple in a basket of oranges. I've always been very different. I did not fit the mold of a typical nurse, typical someone in the military, typical business person. I am an individual that has because of geographic re relocations and just circumstances in my personal and professional life, as well as in my family life, have had to embrace change. And I think many people are so timid with change or reluctant about it or afraid of it um, that it holds people back. And now's the time, you know, to, to start your new venture. If you have an, a good idea, you have good intuition, a good hunch, you have a uh, support of your family. You need the family support to encourage you. If you have a little nest eggs or to keep working a little bit on part-time at least while you're starting your business, that will help as well. I've been through so much with so many clients that there, no one is typical. Um, my normal age range that I work with is definitely over 50. And I've, I've, I just told my husband today that this isn't the third client today that I'm just taking that is 79 years old. Wow. I mean, I work with people that are really seasoned and they still have energy and vibe and verve and 
you know, are really ready to still make an impact. So don't give up just because you're in your 40s or 50s or 60s. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. That is fantastic <laughs> advice because we do, especially in nursing, we have so much to give. We all do. We all, like you said, we all have gifts that we need to just realize what they are. And if that's what we want to move forward with, we can do so much. So I'm so happy that you said that. Yeah. <laughs> so you're doing some coaching. Who are your clients? I say the sky's the limit because I've been a mentor at San Diego State University for the last five years. And I've been mentoring, coaching students of different disciplines, whether it's communications, public health, um, you know, health communications, but there weren't any nurses that reached out to me in the last five years. So that's why now I'm getting the word out because it's a very valuable thing to have a mentor or coach. So the typical person who would be my client is someone that's either struggling with role conflict, you know, or, or stress, burnout, you know, just searching for something else in life. And I can help by looking at your resume, getting you established or looking at your social media and seeing if, you know, where you're at that way. And see what your needs are, what your goals are, what your values are. Because it takes some introspection for whether you're starting a business or not. But if you need a coach, something is signaling inside of you that you need, you need someone, you know, to, to be your cheerleader, basically. Cheerleader, but objective cheerleader. Not, I'm going to agree with everything you're saying, but let's look at it analytically. Let's do some critical thinking as a coach on what this person needs. And nursing, of course, is great with critical thinking. <laughs> We've got yes. that skill. Yes, we are. And I've had coaches, I've talked to many people and mentors. I have people helping me as well. And we all need that. You can't know everything and you don't have to. You really can find the right person to work with that can help you through those things that seem insurmountable, but they're not. Exactly. And a mentor it's not your family member necessarily. It is not your boss necessarily, but it's someone that says, you did really well, or you need to take a vacation, or you need to change where you're working, which happened in my very first job when I was burned out, did not know that I was. I was working general medicine back in the late seventies. I was in my twenties. I was handling death, disability, disease quick pace, cross country from my family, you know, a new graduate, a whole bit. And one day my evening supervisor was making rounds. And she said, by the end of the day, I'd like you to tell me where you're going to work when you come back and how much vacation you're going to take. And I looked at her like, what? I was burnt out, did not know how to express it. She saw something in me that was, you know, just my faces or just my demeanor that was not myself. And thank God for her because she changed my life. I was burnt out as a brand new nurse. And I hear about this now all the time that the new nurses, especially during the pandemic that started in nursing, are having a tough time. And, and so this is something for faculty to take a look at seriously. The schools need to address this. There needs to be a course in stress management for nurses. Yes. A course yes. in, you know, what is your first year going to be like? What about that first IV that you actually start coming from a simulation lab? So um, I know we're getting on different tangents, but if you're burnt out, a coach might be helpful. I agree. Struggling with something internally. There are nurses 
that are out there to help you or coaches of, of different disciplines as well. So you'll try to find the right match for you and see if you have like, like-minded values and such. And, um, go for it. Go for it. It's very valuable. I think sometimes in nursing or anyone that's struggling, sometimes having someone that you don't know but understands what you're going through is exactly. even more valuable. Because mm-hmm. they're going to listen, they're going to understand, and like you said, be objective and talk you through those things. Right. And diagnose, you know, in our own way, um, uh, troubleshoot, um, guide, facilitate. Those are the kind of the magic words that I think of with, with mentoring. I actually have written a poem about mentoring. I don't know if you read it in the um, ebook, but uh, it it's it's all about you know giving gratitude to the people in my life that have helped me as mentors so i value them i do want to talk about that and i talked about it in the introduction um the book that you wrote back in 93 and now you have a new edition out poetic expressions in nursing and one of my favorite um poems in that book was giving thanks oh giving thanks yeah because it says what we see as nurses we see it all Mm-hmm. And our patients need to know that as well. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, you know, you talk about the smells and the colors that we see and what we gather from all of that. I, that one really struck me. That's And that's one of the beginning poems in the book. Yes. Giving thanks, right? Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. I'm very thankful for the experiences that I have. I'm very thankful for the patients that I've been able to care for. And I know you have poems in there as well that speak directly to the patient. Absolutely. And I want them to understand what nurses are going through too. Yeah. My book, you know, the, the, the typical genre uh, for nursing poetry are nurses that are my clients to, or the, you know, the readers to, but the book is also for anyone that's caring, <laughs> caregivers, you know, first responders, humans, humans, need love, they need caring, and they need concern and, and empathy and all that. And there's a lot of that in the book. And that's why the, the title is Sharing the Caring, Poetic Expressions in Nursing, Sharing the Caring. Because I believe in, you know, I believe in giving back and sharing rather than keeping things close to the heart, close to the brain, just like not sharing and being protective of everything. If we don't share... What we do, if we don't communicate it, no one will really know what our day-to-day struggles are as nurses. I mean, we take on a lot. I don't think I could do it clinically at this point in my life. It's that intense. It's an intense role that it requires so much of a person. Um, and, and now to hear about violence in the healthcare place, racism, I mean, all the big issues, um, and COVID has just made so many people very, very stressed out, depressed, anxious, suicidal even. Yes. Um, so we have to address this. And I believe uh, looking on LinkedIn, if you're, if you're following LinkedIn and you follow different groups and individuals that are leaders, I believe that this is coming to the forefront and more people are focusing on resilience, burnout and all that. But, but I, but tangibly, not just foo foo in the sky quotes right <laughs> right really help us with with you know tangible uh options to combat it you know and so one of one of the things that i like to do is the create practice the creative arts in so many different ways whether it's nature photography the poetry um filmmaking theater whatever 
Um, so I hope that nurses would cultivate some kind of a creative art or a passion, uh, whether it's the arts or, you know, cooking or exercising, just something that they're very passionate about for self-care. Because when you leave at the end of your shift and you feel so broken down, know that you've done the best you can do. You've taken care of people that can't take care of themselves. And to go practice something totally different, like you say, I think could be so changing for them. It's changing. It's it's cathartic and therapeutic. You can heal. You can heal from journaling even. Uh, you can heal from blogging. You have to be careful, of course, with HIPAA and you, you know, you can't name patients and you, you, know, you can't be specific. But in general, even just to keep it to yourself, if you journal, just jot some thoughts down from the day, get it out because it's all, it's all inside of us. Think about how many, if you're, if you're a staff nurse, how many patients you've interacted with, all of their families, the whole shift, how many people. And then, you know, every week, every month, every year that you've been cumulatively carrying all this burden of everyone, all this, all these dashed hopes sometimes, you know, and with all the death that we've seen with COVID that a nurse would experience more in two years than ever in her whole lifetime as a nurse or his, um, is just devastating. We have to have change come soon for Absolutely. those that are out caring and, uh, and their families and friends, they are affected by that as well. Absolutely. It does carry on. I agree with you that I think change is coming. You know, we just uh, a couple of weeks ago had the National Nurses March, and I'm hoping that that brings more awareness to the public because until we affect the consumers, we will not change the healthcare administration. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, and the top you know, the CEOs and such too. And communicating the way that you're doing your podcast is reaching out to people. People that are in nursing should communicate in some form, you know, whether it's a print article in a journal, a book, you know, um, the podcast, a film. There are so many avenues that you can take to get the word out, but we, we must express what we do in a, you know, a concise way, in a, deliberate way and, um, you know, non-nebulous way, like really tell people what you do and value it. And I think stand up for yourself. Everyone's Mm -hmm. worthy. Everyone's worthy of um, their own rights. Right. And the other thing is, if you don't know, like say you're a new nurse this year and you're just not comfortable with a procedure or whatever, speak up. It's okay that you don't have everything absolutely right your first year. It's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to cry if you need to go to the break room and cry to let it out. Uh, again, unburden the burden. I love that you say that. And I think you had a great experience with a manager that um, was able to help you and see something in you that said you need to take a break or something. I think managers and supervisors right now are they're not educated in how to do that role, and they're so bogged down themselves. Right. Uh, it's hard for them, too, but we need more of that. We need more people helping our nurses. Like career mapping. You know, I mean, and when she did suggest that to me in 19, whatever it was, 80 or 81, uh, I said, okay, where should I go? And I went to from general medicine to cardiothoracic surgery step down 
where we prepared everybody for open heart surgery and then had them after the ICU with telemetry and step down and, you know, post-op and teaching and discharge planning. And it was like a whole new world for me. And so maybe nurses should think about that when they're in their role. If they're struggling with role conflict or just something that's not right, think about other areas you'd want to work with. Maybe write it down. Look at it as a goal. You know, one of those smart, (laughs) specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, you know, that one with timing, a smart goal and say, by the end of whatever, I want to transfer to this unit uh, or explore this unit or at least learn about it. Take a CE class on a different area in nursing and look ahead. Don't just stay stagnant if you don't have to and if you are ready for a change. Yeah, I think that's very important. If you are physically ill or mentally, you're not able to get to work because you really can't or don't want to do this job, it's probably a good time to start looking at something else. People don't have to stay in jobs for any reason other than to help themselves. Right. And this is not to say we don't like stability. There, There's a case for people that do stay in the same areas for years. That's fine. But it's not fine for everybody. Everyone's a, a human individual. And um, if you listen to your intuition and your, you know, your gut talking, it may be time for a change. And I absolutely embrace change. I am the queen of reinvention because I've moved geographically many times. Um, and with family situations, like I said, and uh, getting married and uh, my husband's corporate career, we moved a lot. And every time we moved, I would think to myself, do I need to get the license here, my nursing license? Where, you know, where are the good places to work? So I would do that evaluation every time, but it led me to acting and other, you know, other ventures and ultimately PR <clears throat> from all of these moves. So um, I'd be happy to, to connect with people that are listening. Um, if you're stuck or if you, you know, if a light bulb goes off on our conversation, because we are here for you. I mean, we're serious about this, right? Beth? Yes. <laughs> Definitely yes. serious about this. And we have a, a lot of years of experience to maybe help people see things a different way or maybe tell them about something that they didn't know existed in nursing. And that's kind of the goal of this podcast as well, to talk to a variety of people so that nurses that may not even know about something you've done or I've done right. or any of my guests have done, open up those opportunities. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what is one thing you would like to leave with nurses today to inspire them? <gasps> so many things. I think we've touched on a few. Um, I'd like to read one of my poems. I would love that. Would that be okay? Yes, please. Okay. So um, one of my last poems in the book is called Sharing the Caring. It goes like this. Sharing the Caring. Let's open up our hearts and share the caring. Merge visions, ink, and syllables so daring. Life's fragile, short, and sweet. Grasp rhythm, pace, and beat. Catharsis of emotions we've been wearing. We've seen it all, the panic, pain, and fears of newborns to centenarians in years. From births to life's demise, our knowing makes us wise. Yet prose as catalyst releases tears. Brave and famous poets we need not be, but writing from the heart, that sets us free. Through poems we tell our stories, share pain, grief, caring, glories, 
regardless of our nursing specialty. No need to build the walls to hide the memories we've buried deep inside. It's good to let it go, allowing words to flow. Stand back and let the power be your guide. I love that. <laughs> Do you want me to also read the one that you liked? Yes, please. As a tribute to you. Okay, Thank so you. this is the one. This is called Giving Thanks. Nurses know the paleness and coolness of shock, the dusky blue hues of cyanosis, the significance of impending doom, the fear in their eyes when fate is unknown, the wails of terminal pain, the scent of pseudomonas, the tenacity of suction secretions, the fruity breath of ketoacidosis, the predictable patterns of Cushmall breathing, the jello non-rhythmic quality of ventricular fibrillation, the bedlam in a code, the frustration when a patient's non-compliant, the intensity of patient care, the thank yous that mean so much. Be thankful. Nurses know. I just think that speaks to so many of us, and I appreciate that, Susan. Oh, thank you so much, Beth. I appreciate it. I thank you for being on this show. I want people to reach out to you. Um, I think you have so much to give and share with others. And um, all of your links will be in our show notes. And so I encourage people to reach out. I think you have a special gift as well. Thank you. And likewise, I, I love what you're doing. I love the title of your podcast. Thank you. I love that we can find you all over. And I just wish you so many more years of this because we need you. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate it. Aww. Have a great day. Thank you. Donate Your Young was produced in partnership with True Story FM. Engineering by Andy Nelson. Music by The Lighthearts. Find the show, show notes, and transcripts at DonateYourYoung.com. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show. But the best thing you could do to support the show is to share it with a friend or colleague. Thank you for listening.